Here's a great question. Mike, can a person block their good by adding stipulations for the law of attraction to operate? It depends. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live this week. My answers to fellow adventurers' questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took 5, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, happy Monday, happy December. It's Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up. Picking up where we left off last week, your questions have been all about living deliberately, creating consciously, choosing thoughts that empower us, how to get out of our own way. Here's a great question. Mike, can a person block their good by adding stipulations for the law of attraction to operate? It depends. It depends. I mean, the, 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 there's so much wiggle room. You can get it wrong and you're still going to get it right. You're still going to manifest. You're still pushed on to greatness every single day. Um, but yeah, there's an area where you can be so picky that your dream might never come true. Might never come true. And that is in the area that I call the Bermuda Triangle of Manifesting. There are some dreams dependent on who's, how's, when's, where's, um, where it's not up to you in your thoughts. You're hinging your happiness and your future success on the whims and the thoughts of other people. Why would you do that? Now, you cannot, cannot be too specific when it comes to your joy. The crazier you can define it, the more that you can feel it, the quicker it arrives. You cannot be too picky when it comes to health. You cannot be too picky when it comes to love. You cannot be too picky uh, when it comes to all those wonders that brought us here in these sacred jungles of time and space. But when you want to micromanage your manifestations, the Bermuda Triangle has three corners. <clears throat> the cursed who's, the cursed how's, and unimportant details, okay? The who's, the how's, the unimportant details. And the details include the when's, the where's, and anything else that you can think of. All details, all, all of the minutia, the circumstances, the bells and whistles, the frosting on the cake, unimportant. They're going to show up in ways that exceed your expectations, in ways that exceed your ability to define them. There's nothing wrong with the bells and whistles, but when you attach to them at the outset, that's when you are on a slippery slope. Now, let me go through each of these Bermuda Triangle corners, including the whens and the wheres, so you know exactly what I'm talking about, when not to micromanage. First, the cursed hows, then the cursed whos. The cursed hows. If your dream is so detailed, 
uh, and you want this to happen, then that happens and the pathway needs to unfold. I'm going to live in wealth and abundance surrounded by friends and laughter and I'm going to get there by writing a book that Oprah loves. And now you're focusing on the book that Oprah's going to love. And all the pressure of the world is on your shoulder to write that book. The book is a how. Wealth and abundance, friends and laughter. Go straight to wealth and abundance, friends and laughter. Let the universe figure out if it's the book or if it's your other talents or skills or if it's some other wave that you don't even know is about to careen through these sacred jungles of time and space like an altcoin, a Bitcoin or something else like that. The universe has infinite ways of making wealth and abundance, friends and laughter come to pass. But when you try to micromanage how, and then you trick yourself into thinking, it's not a how, it's my dream. I want to write a best-selling book. It's not a how, it's my dream to have the corner office and, and lead Acme Company uh, into global domination. It's not a how, it's my dream for Bruno to fall in love with me. It's not a how, it's my dream to be a millionaire by the end of the year or whatever. No, those are your hows. Those are not your dreams. Those are how you think your dream will come true. How do you know what a real dream is? A bona fide dream, a dream that can always come true. It's about joy or it's about broad brush strokes. It's about friends, laughter, healing, uh, wonder, discovery, exploration, adventure, camaraderie. You can do building a business. You can do having a writing career. But when you say this business will sell to Disney World, that's micromanagement. What's wrong with Universal Studios? You've excluded them from the picture based on trying to micromanage and attaching to the hows. So is it really important how your dream comes true? No. Are you attached to a how because you think that's how everything else will happen? It's cursed. There will be a story one day about how your dream came true. But you don't need to attach to that story at the beginning of your dream. Knock on a lot of doors, turn over a lot of stones, try a lot of paths, and let the universe connect the dots for you. Keep your dreams broad brush general, or if you must kind of micromanage, always add or better. I want this to happen or better. I want that in my life or better. Now you're golden. Okay, there's got to be wiggle room for divine intelligence who knows so much better the paths before you than you could ever know. Like GPS navigation, right? You could never know all the ways to go from point A to point B, but divine intelligence knows all the ways. It knows the speed limits. It knows the merges, the detours, the construction, the congestion. And as soon as you tell at the end, it's like, I know how. I know the fastest way. The same thing with how your dream will come true. The universe knows 7 billion, 8 billion co-creators, the directions they're going, which altcoin or Bitcoin is going to crash or rise. It knows what's coming that we don't even know what's coming. And it says, I know how. You just need to show up. So don't attach to a how, okay? Let your dream be broad brush so that there's a lot of ways to get there. Now the who's. The who's are just like the how's. Don't attach to a who. 
You can't know if Bruno is the best person for you or if Trixie is the best person for you or if Bruno Trixie together and you make a threesome. You can't know what their thoughts are. You got to surrender. Let the universe know what you want. A lot of fun, a lot of passion, uh, international travel, uh, building a family. And the universe is like, I know the players. I know everybody. I know the perfect person for you. You haven't even met them yet. But if you use your physical senses and say, you know, I know 2000 people and so-and-so is the one for me. You've just excluded 7 billion other contenders. Don't, don't do that to yourself. You could say, I want Bruno or better. I want Trixie or better. I want the package or better. Now you left the door open. So this is how you can, your stipulations can put you on a slippery slope. You end up closing doors. Unimportant details, I just said it, all details are unimportant. They're all cool and you can visualize details, but don't be attached to the details. Be attached to the dream, the joy, the travel, the abundance, the health, the healing, the recovery. Attach and settle for nothing less than your life being transformed in these exciting areas. And then visualize the transformation in the details. You attach to the transformation, you do not attach to the details. The details get you excited and the juices flowing and you feel emotional passion about the transformation. That's why you visualize. But the details that you're visualizing while they're sexy and they turn you on, it's not about those details. Leave room for better details. All right, all right. And when it comes to the whens, timing, deadlines, never put a deadline on the magic. Never put a deadline on the universe. Because if you wanted wealth and abundance by year end and the universe is like, no, I've got to take care of some of your other priorities. You just can't even see them right now. Some of them are unspoken. I know what's important to you. Can't have it by year end, but you can have it by April 17th. April 17th is a shoo-in. It's automatic. You can have your wealth and abundance and Romeo too on April 17th. So is the logistics of the universe. But you don't hear that. You're like, no, I want it on December 31. I'm going to burn my bridges. I'm going to show how much faith I have. You cannot have it on December 31 because of these other bigger priorities of yours that the universe is juggling. But you can have it on April 17th. How are you going to feel on January 1 when your big dreams, none of them came true? How are you going to feel on January 5, January 20th, February 1st? You're going to feel like pond scum. You're going to feel so demoralized that April 17th is no longer an option. You've just written it all off because you attach to some silly, unimportant detail. Be patient. The universe knows ASAP. It's spinning a lot of plates on your behalf. And it's going to press it to you as fast as it can. That doesn't mean you have to wait forever. All right. Now, I, last week I talked to, hey, I've been waiting for so long. What's wrong? Not necessarily anything. Go back to last week, okay? But generally, manifestations happen as fast as they can and, and um, enjoy the journey to, to bide the time. Um, the where's. In the category of details, there's when, there's when, when's. We just talked about the when's. And then there's where's like that house on the hill is my house. That's my dream house. Uh, somebody lives there. Mm. Oh, and it's not for sale. Oh, that's a bummer, but it's my house. No, it's not your house. That may never come 
to pass. It might be passed down for generations, but there's better houses than the house on the... Don't get attached to wares. Not for houses, not for vacations, not for nothing. There's a lot, there's an endless list of beautiful places on planet Earth and beyond for all of your dreams to come true. Visualize that house, that or better. Visualize Miami. Maybe you'll get that or Maui. Visualize the details so you get the big picture. Don't attach to the details, attach to the transformation. It's really actually easy. Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Super thrilled to be with you on this Tuesday. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Mike, how to be untouchable. The darkness, Mike, and the cold, this time of year in the Northern Hemisphere, is really affecting me. How do I handle that? This has implications for all of us, okay? And I'm not just talking about the darkness of the cold physically here. This is life's ultimate hook. This is the call to go within and create what you most desire. Treat it as real. Predicate your behavior on it and be transformed. How to imagine abundance when you're surrounded by lack. How to imagine love when you feel alone. How to Get into the zone of health and vitality when you're sick or in pain. This is the hook. This is the adventure that you and I and everybody else on planet Earth signed up for. Let me live in this playground, this oasis floating through space, heaven on Earth, where my thoughts become things no matter what the heck is going on around me. Let me learn to cultivate that inner vision and die to the illusions. Be born again to the truth. The truth will set you free. This is the playground we wanted to be on. This is the Disney World e-ticket, if you're old enough to know what I'm talking about. This is the ultimate enchilada. Being able to hold on to the vision in spite of circumstances. Very specifically, Mike, how do I deal with the darkness and the cold in the Northern Hemisphere this time of year? Be your own light. Be your own light. Change the channel in your head. See the opportunity. See the possibilities. See the sun beaming down upon you. Feel its warmth caressing your skin. You can do this. Life is your imagination. There's only your imagination. And right now, when we let life happen to us, we're playing to mass imagination. Our imagination can always rise above and prevail over it. And this is how you change circumstances you don't like, whether it's cold temperature or, or darkness or lack or sadness or depression or cancer or you name it, COVID. Create the world in your mind. Here's how I like to phrase it. Metaphorically, move into the mansion of your wildest dreams. Okay, now we're not talking about a mansion. We're not talking about a real house. But whatever your dream is, light, love, health, harmony, camaraderie, romance, love, that's your the mansion of your wildest dreams. Move into it now. And from this moment forward, gaze at the world through its windows. Let 
that perspective be what you base your next thoughts, your next words, and your behavior upon. Predicate your behavior on that view until that view becomes the real view, becomes your physical view. This is the hook. You're totally up to it. You can do this. Thoughts become things. Dreams come true. We're pushed on to greatness every day. You are the cre creator of the illusions. Thereby, you are the greater of your illusions. You are the creator of your challenges. Thereby, you are the greater of your challenges. You are the creator of your dreams. Thereby, you are the greater of your dreams. See it. Go within. Take the bait. Run with it. There's nothing you can't do, nothing you can't be, nothing you can't have. If you can create the reality here and begin seeing it and treating it as so real that your words and your behavior start bending to that vision and then the metamorphosis will take over. So good luck. It's not really the right word. Have fun. Much better. Bringing in the light bringing in the warmth, bringing in sunshine, friends, laughter, money, bitcoins, sandy beaches, friends, laughter, romance, all that good stuff. It's there for you. You came from that place and here you're hiding out, pretending it's not the truth anymore. It's never stopped being the truth. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley here. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Thanks for the great, great questions on thoughts, dreams, and happiness. Uh, today's question is in alignment with where we've been lately, talking about what thoughts to think and how to deal with beliefs that may be sabotaging. Mike, do you have a trick or a process that we can use to get rid of beliefs that no longer serve us? I happen to have such a trick. Stop assuming you have limiting beliefs. Now, I know chances are kind of great that we all have some limiting beliefs, but so what? The presumption that you have them, that they are your block, that they are your reason, will steal your thunder and prevent you from moving forward. Invisible limiting beliefs are not the end all of your dreams coming true. They're just little speed bumps and there's lots of ways to move forward. The prevailing presumption, which is completely bogus, which gives rise to this excellent question, is that if you have invisible limiting beliefs, you must identify them and pull them out by their roots or they will forever slow you down. None of that is true. You don't, you don't even need to know what they are in order to bulldoze them, liquefy them, charge right on past them. This idea that you got to find them reinforces them. And now you need a team of people. And now you've lost all enthusiasm. And now you feel cursed and jinxed and it's not going to happen. And you, you may as well just appreciate what you have and forget all that hootin' tootin' dreams and put the needs of others before your own and there you have it. This is why too many folks don't live in joy. Your desires met and fulfilled 
will make you a light to other people and this is how you help other people the most. And the way you work around these invisible limiting beliefs that you probably have a few of, but without claiming them, naming them, pulling them out by their roots, here's my trick. After knowing what I just shared, here's part two of my trick. Charge on, go to your dreams, move to the light. Your very embodiment of taking action and speaking and thinking along the lines of your dreams come true will utterly erase, negate, and destroy invisible limiting beliefs if you even had them. And here is the proof in the pudding, if you will. A little story from my life. Uh, I used to be a Price Waterhouse CPA tax consultant, and I was living in the Middle East. I traveled all over the world for leisure. I mean, everywhere from Kathmandu to Peking, Beijing, Shanghai, the South Seas, Europe, everywhere in my 20s. Yet at around 26, 27 years old, I'm flying over the good old USA in a mainline nationally recognized carrier. Instead of, you know, Royal Nepalese Airlines on a grass runway with two propellers after we just buzzed Mount Everest, you know, those things didn't scare me. But on this Delta flight over Kansas, seven miles high, we hit turbulence. And suddenly, completely inexplicably, I came face to face with a terror I had never known in my life up until that point. I mean, white knuckle terror, absolutely certain we were going to die. And this terror kept hounding me and following me on flight after flight after flight. It was about a 10 year span where I was suddenly terrified of flying and of heights. Now, why do you think that was? It could probably take a team of Harvard scientists and psychologists to examine my skull and do past life regression and hypnosis to, to try to discover what it was that triggered that. And we may, may not even know to this day. I did not have to know why I was terrified. Clearly, it was some crossed beliefs some sense of vulnerability, which would have arisen from an invisible limiting belief. No matter what it was, it arose from an invisible limiting belief. Whether it was triggered into past life, this life, loss of control, I don't know. I didn't care. I knew then that if I went looking for what it was, if I started speaking to everybody about my fear, that it would only grow larger and be confirmed. I would only be adding fuel to the fire. I would be taking this, this beast and turning it into a Godzilla that I probably never would have gotten rid of. Instead, I kept on flying, kept on flying. I would not let my life be taken hostage by this fear. I made a rule with myself to not talk about my fear except to mom and maybe my brother and sister, and maybe one or two super close friends. When you have an irrational fear, when your life is going clunk, clunk, clunk like a flat tire, you want to tell everybody. Tell no one. 
accept your psychologist, accept your coach, accept your parents, accept the people you trust. Maybe they're going to give you a foothold. Maybe they're going to give you some traction. Maybe by speaking about it, you can see it from another perspective. But do not get on a stage and tell the whole world what's going on is my approach. Later in your autobiography, you can tell the whole world what's going on, like I'm doing right now. But in the moment when you're trying to cure yourself from this, if you keep adding fuel to the fire and say, I am terrified, I am helpless, I can't handle a flight, I can't handle men, I can't handle women, I can't handle X, Y, Z, you will reinforce it and make it far more difficult to move through it. So I kept on flying. I never took a bus. I never canceled a flight. I did not talk about it. I used to want to tell my seatmate, whoever I was sitting next to, complete stranger, when we hit when we would hit turbulence, like, do you think we're going to make it? Are you scared? Are you scared as I am? I would look to the flight attendants to make sure there was calm in their faces. Like, you know, they're going to know before me. I was so bad. So I wouldn't talk about it. And I would use logic and spiritual ease to negate it. I mean, like logically, give me a break. Airplanes do not crash, practically speaking. And I would add to that, even when they do crash, not everybody always dies, right? I would get logical. It's the safest way to travel. You're much more likely to get in a car accident on the way to the airport, much more likely than to be in a plane that goes down and kills you. So logic, I would be like, look, Mike, this is an irrational fear. You got to be strong with yourself. This is baloney. This is stupid. You deserve better. It's not going to go down. If it does, you might not die. Statistically, you're, the, you're in the safest realm absolutely possible. And then the spiritual ease. Mike, nobody dies before their time. Mike, if this was to happen, there would be cause and reason a decision from the highest within me to put me in this precarious place so that when the door closes, another one opens and the marching bands march and the homecoming party begins. There's no accidents in time and space. You know that there's no accidents. This is not random. This is not this is not anything, okay? And, and then I would tease myself. Well, maybe on this next flight, I'm having a premonition that it's going down and I should honor my intuition. Oh, bull crap. You're just scared of flying. There's no other reason to think that. If something else just showed up, okay, then don't take the flight. But if it's just you getting scared again, then use, you've got a truth barometer inside of you and use it. And Mike, that's just, you know, you're just trying to get out of this flight, get on that plane. So I would use spiritual ease. I would remind myself that, you know, every life is protected, that we're, that there's no such thing as death, that when one door closes, another one opens, that there's, there's no such thing as an accident. Um, so logic, spiritual ease, kept on flying, did not feed the fire. Logic, spiritual ease, kept on flying, kept on flying, did not feed the fire. Did that make it go away? It took 10 years. It didn't have to take 10 years, but it took 10 years. And yeah, it went completely, completely, completely away. Zero fear of flying, zero fear of flights. It was worth it. And so to answer your question, a trick to get rid of invisible limiting beliefs that no longer serve you, how do you know that that's the case? 
As I've been talking about last week and earlier, you want something, you don't have it. That doesn't mean there's an invisible limiting belief. Do you have invisible limiting beliefs? Probably. But going and looking for them is like the worst thing you can do because you start making stuff up out of thin air that wasn't even true. And now you need an army of psychologists to undo it. So the trick is don't assume. And the double trick is Go move towards your dreams. Act as if, demonstrate your inner witness sees this. Mike's going. Mike must believe. Mike must be doing this. This is now happening. Check it out. Hey, everybody. Wee! And then your invisible limiting beliefs, if you had them, no longer make sense in light of the evidence of your demonstrations and how your life begins to change. And suddenly you have installed brand new empowering beliefs. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley, Thoughts Become Things. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Thanks for the great questions you post to me every day on life, dreams, and happiness, or happiness. All right, today's question, inherited medical conditions. Mike, what about fear of medical conditions that run in a family, like breast cancer, of various genes that might bring about Alzheimer's? How do you train yourself to not feel like you're next and instead know that just because it's true for others, it doesn't have to be true for you? Wow, really great questions. All the questions the last couple of weeks have been about our thoughts, our beliefs, our invisible beliefs, overriding limiting beliefs, installing empowering beliefs, and not being the victim of the world around us nor these constructed uh, paradigms where we think that we're vulnerable and because family members in this case perhaps had certain physical challenges uh, statistically we are told that we will too and, and good on you for asking this question uh, it is not at all what it appears far more than inheriting physical likelihoods and probabilities what we see in families is the inheritance of mindsets, the inheritance of thought and thinking patterns, the inheritance of perhaps feeling that life is too much to deal with, the inheritance of being depressed, the inheritance or the pattern or the behavior of being a micromanager or a worrier or somebody who resists everything. It is well known in metaphysical circles that what your thinking is, or better said, what your confusion over truth is, will consistently bring about a variety of ailments. Most famous, uh, the most famous book on this that I'm aware of is You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. I look at it all the time for different things that come up. Here I am going to randomly uh, look at something here. Uh, nervousness, a fear, anxiety, struggle, rushing, not trusting the process of life, anxiety. Uh, let's see if I can find neck problems. Anybody have neck problems? Refusing to see other sides of a question, stubbornness, inflexibility. Let me see what it says for cancer. Holy, this is by Louise Hay. Oh, la 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 la. Deep hurt, long standing resentment. 
deep secret or grief eating away at the self, carrying hatreds. What's the use is the overall feeling. Cellulite, stored anger and self-punishment. There's like two or three hundred well-known physical ailments in this book and the likely causes. Uh, let me see if I can find some more. Corns on your feet. Hardened areas of thought, stubbornly holding on to the pain of the past. Uh, cramps, tension, fear, gripping, holding on. Let's see, one more. Let's find one more. Uh, 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 uh. Ears represents the capacity or lack thereof to hear, to really listen. All right, well, I'm going to stop right there. Um, it is well known that different emotional choices that bring about anger, resentment, fear, frustration, a sense of not being worthy uh, will bring about corollary physical ailments. And we choose our family members very often. Of course, we always choose them, but very often we choose them because they're learning the same stuff as us and we're all learning it together. This, there's always exceptions. And I know that there are tangents here about, you know, what is a, uh, how, how does this apply to a child who inherits cystic fibrosis? Um, there are answers for those tangents, but you have to get way back uh, away and have an enlightened perspective considering past lives uh, and other challenges that we may have chosen to brought into this lifetime. And it might not even be a past life when something happens to a child. It's many, many layers, but let's not go to tangents right now. Let's talk about your life. And here's something that I would recommend that everybody does. No matter what your DNA, no matter what your ancestors or your parents or your siblings have had, whatever you may be going through, in terms of physical symptoms, you know, whether it's uh, an ache, a pain, a, a, a cancer, a ringing in your ears, um, anxiety, heart palpitations, heart attacks, uh, AIDS, everything has a spiritual cause. And so do some self-reflecting, maybe with the assistance of Louise Hayes' book, You Can Heal Your Life. Do some Google searches, spiritual cause of eczema. Everything, zero exceptions, is caused here in thought. And while there may be statistical likelihoods physically or genetically speaking, this overrides all, always. So if you're dealing with a physical challenge or psychological challenge, just start doing some self-reflection, maybe some journaling, maybe some channeling, and ask yourself some big questions, and then you answer them. What else could I be seeing that I'm not now seeing? And then you write the answer. You will really and truly surprise yourself. And if you've got family members that are going through certain things, or you can see a clear connection from generation to generation in your gene pool of something showing up physically, do the same drill for them. Look to see if you can find a spiritual connection. Do you see that they all worry about what other people think? Do you see that they're all um, concerned about 
you know, uh, spinning too many plates or being overwhelmed with tasks? Do you see a pattern? And then ask yourself if you fit that pattern as well. We always have the choice to think new thoughts, believe new things, behave in new ways, and that dictates our health. That dictates the levels of financial prosperity in our life. That dictates the level of peace, peace of mind. Everything comes from here. And while it's very tempting to say, well, I got it from my parents. Uh, it's a gene and I, so I can't do anything about it. It's not my fault. Very tempting, very comforting. If you want health, if you want healing, if you want recovery, take a moment to go within. Do some extra research. The Google searches, the books, but most importantly, asking yourself questions and then perhaps through journaling, write out the answers. How else could I view finance, relationships, illness, health, etc. And you will astound yourself. Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Happy Friday. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Okay, today's question. Oh my gosh. The problem with most dreams and goals. Hey Mike, how do we deal with frequent obstacles that pop up as we move forward? Like fear, dread, boredom, burnout, memories of past failures, exhaustion, loss of motivation, or inspiration. That's a lot to deal with. And it speaks to an underlying presumption that is massively pervasive on the planet, no matter where you hail from. Uh, this is the deal. The problem with most goals and dreams is how we make them. We choose to do this. We make them the only way we allow ourselves to be happy. They blind us to all else. They blind us to who we already are and all we already have. We become too single-minded. And then we learn about the law of attraction and thoughts become things. And it's like, oh, I can make it happen. And yes, you can. But nobody said you had to be unhappy until you make it happen. You can be happy now with all that you've already manifested. Don't let the dreams that you aspire to blind you to all the dreams that have already come true. You're a nonstop walking miracle, not just part of the, the divine's objective for expressing in time and space. You're not just some pawn here. You have been making dreams and wishes come true your entire life, sometimes almost spontaneously on the fly. But do you give yourself credit? No, because there's another dream on the horizon and you got to make that thing happen. And you're not going to give yourself permission to be happy until it does. You postpone your happiness. Here's the whole thing in a sentence or two. This is good. Stop seeing everything being all about the destination. Stop living your life as if only the destination mattered. Okay, now it's getting trite. You've heard it a million times. It's the journey that counts. It's the journey that we care about. And I know that that's like not the, 
You don't want to hear that. You want the glory. You want the wealth and abundance, the friends and laughter, the international travel, the house on the hill with the water view and the mountains. And you're not going to be happy otherwise? You forget that you're already soaring as we are hurtled through space on this blue marble. You forget that you already have wings. You forget that you have changed the lives of other people that love you and that you love. You forget your power because you've got these destinations. And in the end, it is never the destination that brings joy. Yeah, I mean, it's a great party and high five and blah, 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 blah. But you will look back with the greatest fondness at the journey. I, I am so blessed to have had the kind of life I've led. But I can remember 20 years ago, I would be so timid and so scared and so just wondering if I wasn't deluded because of my dreams. And I remember showing up to my computer and I remember trying to write one more note from the universe and one more note. And it would take four, five, six hours to write one. And I would tell myself it's working. I would tell myself it's okay. But I didn't know if it was really working. I didn't know if it was really okay. I was terrified to the point of nausea when it came to public speaking, but yet I would book one more world tour stop after another world tour stop. Those are the times I look back to with the greatest fondness. It's like, oh my God. I, I was trembling with self-doubt and sometimes self-loathing, but I kept going. And this evidences how luscious and juicy the journey is filled with emotion. And emotion is why God wanted to be you. There's no emotion on the other side. Everything is just perfect. Just perfect. Forever perfect. But what if you could fleetingly blind yourself to that perfection and immerse yourself in the illusions? Be here or there, now or then, have or have not. Game on. Desires implanted. Journey is underway. And it's in the journey that all of these jewels and emeralds and emotions avail themselves. And when you start getting that, you can be scared and joyful. You can be inspired and feel and feel complete. You can feel incomplete at the same time you feel complete because you always want a little bit more, a little bit more, but oh my God, you got so much. And it's not just about the destination. The, these, these things that were brought up in the question, fear, dread, boredom, burnout, memories of the past, exhaustion, loss of motivation, or loss of inspiration. That's a long list. These are far more manageable if they even show up to the happy camper. If you can just be happy now and do not think that being happy now is settling for less. Well, if I'm happy and I don't even have my dream, then where's the motivation for having my dream? Happiness is the rocket fuel for quicker manifestations. Do not worry that you're copping out. You're not copping out. You can have desire and joy at the same time. Put it together, spontaneous combustion, and thy will shall be done. So if you can be happy, these things burn out memories of the past. You're not constantly judging the destination with where I'm at. The destination with where I'm at. Oh, no wonder you're bummed out. No wonder you feel overwhelmed. No wonder you've lost inspiration because to the physical senses, it's a billion million miles away. But if you can 
imagine for five minutes a day that the dream already came true. And then get into the here and now and forget the dang dream except for the baby steps and enjoy the baby steps because you meet new people. You discover your strengths. You find out where you could be even more amazing and you start improving yourself. You're in the moment like a child on a playground, even though later on you're going to go to the beach. You're happy about the beach, but you're happy about the playground and all things are added unto you. So when we stop making our lives all about the destinations we dream of, we are anchoring ourselves in the present moment. We are going to be overwhelmed with sen sensory perception. We are going to fall into a state of ecstasy, which will only bring about greater and greater accelerations, manifestations, new friends, laughter, and all else. So the question is awesome and so extremely relevant, but instead of like, how do I deal with these things? It's like undermine them and have a new modus operandi and be happy in the present, be happy in the moment with who you already are, all you already have, the friends that love you, the family that cares about you, and then more will be added unto you as you take your baby steps, dancing with life, moving and grooving. God dang it, it couldn't be any better than this. It could not be any better than this. Plus your thoughts become things. Well, there you have it. One more week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just saw or heard, please share with a friend. Uh, thumbs up, like, follow, whatever may be the case on the platform you're now experiencing this. If you want more inspiration, every single day I send out a note from the universe. Right now it's going out to a million people. We'd love to add you to that list. Enjoy. Thoughts become things. See you next time.